dive into the word. And this morning, we're talking about the next fruit, which is the fruit of faithfulness. Faithfulness. We, we again, we are still in this beautiful portion from Galatians 5, verse 22, where Paul introduces us to the fruit of the Spirit. And it's been a couple of weeks now that we've been looking at this. And this morning, we're carrying on with the next one. There are nine fruit. I think this is now number seven. There are two more to come. And so, I want to talk about faithfulness. And obviously, the root of the word faithfulness is faith. Well done. Well done. The root is faith. Now, what is faith? I've just got a slide up here for you. And we can define faith in so many different ways. It's not just that. But I just want to give you a, a, just a quick glimpse into what faith is. Faith is a strong conviction or belief of the truth of who God is. That's faith. You can have faith about various other things. In our context this morning, we're talking about a faith in God. Amen? I'm going to talk about a faith in a sports team and, and a product and, and people or in a place. We're talking about having faith in God. And, and so, if we want to understand the word fruitfulness better... We've got to start with faith, first of all. Then the next thing would be, what is faithfulness then? Now, faithfulness is simply just this lifestyle that's lived in according, in accord, or in harmony, or in sync. Sync. Thank you very much. You should be here every Sunday, that I can always just revert to my English teacher. In sync with, with faith, with truth. So when I see the truth, and I apply it in my life, then I become faithful to that. Do you understand? So faith is good to have. We believe in God. But faithfulness is the outworking of our faith. And I think often that's where there's a little bit of a discrepancy. We've got lots of faith. Like, I believe in God. But just the faithfulness is not always so strong. Not talking about you. So don't sweat like that. I know it's the heat. <laughs> we're talking about the fact that for us all we, we love to express faith but Paul when he refers to the fruit of faithfulness it is a practical outworking of what's happening in our lives so faith and faithfulness go together in other words faith in God should lead us to faithfulness to God do you see that? faith in God should lead to a faithfulness to God. How many of you have faith in God? We sometimes battle with that, isn't it? Uh, I don't know, where are you, God? Why is this not coming through and why is this not happening? But we want to keep on persisting and having faith in God. How many of you battle with faithfulness to God? Uh, great, thanks very much, Dave. There's, there's some people that are honest here. There you go, Dave. That's another one. We, we would all agree that our faithfulness to God is often not so strong as it should be. I want to suggest to you this morning that your faithfulness to God is directly related to your faith in God. Because faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. So as I focus on Him, there's something that happens in me. Faithfulness is therefore being true to God, devoted to Him, and to His Word. Faithfulness, by the way, I must tell you this, faithfulness does not save us. 
Faithfulness does not. It is just proof of the saving work of Christ in us. And Holy Spirit is the one who produces this work in us. So my faithfulness towards God does not save me. My faith in God, what saves me is what Jesus has done. And me believing that that is a complete work. Amen? That faith that you have in God through Holy Spirit produces something in me. Now, faithfulness is such a common thing that we can talk about, and we see it in many places in the world and people's lives, that we often mistake it because we think that faithfulness is measured by our faithfulness to people, our faithfulness to our work, things we have, and uh, faithfulness to whatever it may be. Faithfulness to church. <laughs> you guys are here. You can blow, like, well, I'm faithful. I'm, I'm, I've arrived. I, some of you even arrived on time. Mm, it's another consideration, isn't it? By the way, we meet at 9 o'clock. I just wanted to mention that. Um, for instance, we, we have many people that aren't even believers that are faithful. Have you seen that? I mean, there's, there's, for instance, people that are faithful to their work, they just, they're just so incredibly committed to what they need to do. They go beyond what is expected of them. You find couples that have been married, but none of them know God. And so it's a beautiful thing. So we as Christians cannot just, oh, we're the faithful ones. No, I want to say to you that even though there are people that are faithful in terms of their finances, their taxes, and, and all sorts of ways that they want to be faithful, and that they are incredibly reliable, the sad thing is, that many of them would be unreliable to God. But yet we find them reliable in practical ways. In, as I said, work and family even. But the most important faithfulness that should be part of our lives is often non-existent. Faithfulness that we should live with is not, first of all, towards one another. And saying, yeah, I'm always on time and I always do the things that I should and you know what I promised? I will. If I said I'll meet you there at nine, I'll meet you there at nine or whatever it is. If I said I'll, I'll bring this to you, I'll bring it to you. All these things. So people are incredibly faithful, but the greatest faithfulness is still the faithfulness to God. And it's only possible when we have faith in God because that's then relationship. And so here's the key about this faithfulness that I'm talking about that we find there's, there's, there's some of this in the world. Well, there's lots of it. But the faithfulness to God is the most important. And that can only grow as to God. So we said, we started off with this journey. Faith in God is the foundation that leads us to faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God can only grow as we experience the faithfulness of God. Do you see them linked? How do we experience the faithfulness of God? We sang about it. Great is your faithfulness. It's a beautiful song. Well chosen. I love that. I actually thinking about that song this morning. I thought, gee, I wish we could sing it this morning. Boom, there it comes up. Well done, guys. And, and so you and I can grow in our faithfulness to God as we grow in our understanding of how faithful God is to us. By His character. Not firstly by what we expect Him to do. Because then we're like, well, I expected Him to do this. Oh, so much of that. He was not faithful there. But we need to link it to his 
character. And I love this portion in Lamentations. How many of you read on Lamentations recently? <laughs> Lamentations, anyone? There is an actual book like that called Lamentations. Now, Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 24, and I'm going to read it to you. And there's actually a bit beautiful song. When I got saved many, many years ago, there was this beautiful song that comes from Lamentations 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. How many of you know that song? Oh, that's we're in the same generation. Vicky, you know, you know it too. Well done, I love it. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. And then it says the Lord, this is um, Jeremiah writing, it says the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in Him. There's a response. So the author says, God is enough for me because His faithfulness is good. His faithfulness is great. Therefore He is my portion. He is my hope. He's the one in whom I trust. So faithfulness of God once a week. You cannot just come once a week to be exposed to the faithfulness of God when people preach about it or people sing about it, people talk about it. You, as an individual, you need to make time, have it as a regular rhythm in your life where you can discover, study, can get yourself exposed to the faithful God that we have by reading the truth about Him. And so the more you read up about Him being faithful, the more you and I can be faithful. Because it's in that process that Holy Spirit helps you to see who God is so that He can transform us into His likeness. But if you don't have His likeness that we consider, you will be transformed into what else is the likeness around you. Whether it's social media or how faithful our God is, by looking at the truth, you will find something else to look at that will become the thing that forms you and actually transforms you. So God's faithfulness to us is the ground of our faithfulness to Him. It's the basis, is the foundation of our faithfulness to Him. Without an, without an understanding of His faithfulness, our own faithfulness is flawed or inconsistent. And so I can't ask you, first of all, the question. I love asking questions. I can't just first of all ask you, how's your faithfulness this morning? We have to ask each other this question. What does God's faithfulness to you look like? And what is your understanding of it? Do you know that He is an incredibly faithful God? Because that will ultimately determine your faithfulness to Him. And so, that's why we, we, we can't produce faithfulness. It is a fruit of our exposure to His faithfulness that as we consider Him and who He is, that it transforms us into, again, as I said, His likeness. So I want to just take you to three examples this morning, all right? Just three. Say with me. It's this beautiful portion in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, where, where the author of the book of Hebrews takes us to what we have termed to be the heroes of the faith. Hebrews 11 is this beautiful chapter. And by the way, do yourself a favor. <laughs> we, we, we need to study the lives of people to see in how God has established them in faith so that they could also become faithful. And there's, there's almost 20 different names here mentioned 
in this chapter, and we would not be able to. That's why I said to you, three. We can only do three this morning, and many of you are like, thank God for three only. <laughs> I'm going to have a little bit of water while we consider the number three. By the way, I have, hey, just want to check, just want to check. <laughs> Some of you missed that, hey? Anyway, so in Hebrews chapter 11, it is this beautiful chapter that helps us just to look into. It's kind of like a, a, a peek into other people's lives from the Old Testament. And so, by the way, the New Testament celebrates the Old Testament. I, I was at a debrief on Friday night, and, 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 and one young lady asked me the question. These are young people that come to our gathering here called debrief. And she came to me afterwards. She said, Please tell me, is the Old Testament still important? She says, because there are pastors that tell her, no, you don't, don't read the Old Testament anymore. If you are being told that the Old Testament is no longer relevant, I want to tell you, say to that person, in Jesus' name, that's a lie. And love them still, be kind. But don't accept that lie. Because if the New Testament celebrates what happened in the Old Testament and presents to us the, the new way forward, it says we need to have an understanding of what the foundation is so that we can build onto that. And Jesus came to fulfill what the Old Testament so speaks about. And I don't want to go into that, but I just want to celebrate the fact that here we have an entire chapter that reverts back to the faith of the people of the Old Testament so that you and I can be encouraged. Hence, you read the, um, Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, as we consider the cloud of witnesses of chapter 11, let us consider. So don't ever, don't ever undermine and despise, please do not, just a portion of the Bible that we call the New Testament. And it's just this portion and the rest we like, oh, just chuck that out. No, no, this is incredibly relevant. Anyway, that was for free. I want to just talk to you about these first three guys, and it's really just... Literally, the first three, as it mentions there. It says, by faith. Say with me, by faith. By faith. I want to say again, that is the key to faithfulness. By faith. That's where it starts. Your faith in God. It says, by faith, Abel. Is our first. Who was Abel's brother? Cain. Cain. I was listening to a thing just quickly on, on radio this morning, on South African radio. Um, and they were saying how few people these days spend time with their children teaching them the Word of God. And they were saying, such an alarming thing because kids don't know how to read the Bible because parents don't read the Bible. And the, the comment was made, but parents don't know the Bible, so they feel like, well, I don't have anything to give. And it's such a sad state. We've got to encourage one another that these are characters that are incredibly important. So you've got to teach your children the Word of God. Don't just leave it up to King's kids or once a week on a... On a Sunday, ah, they all sort them out. No, 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 it's your responsibility. By faith, Abel sacrificed than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. So we find this interesting thing about Cain. It's not in Genesis. It's in this um, verse here, um, in, in 1 John 3, verse 12, where it says, John writing, he says, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's 
deeds were righteous. So now we find this Abel guy in this context of evil, and his brother is unrighteous, and so we that is recorded about Abel. We know what happened, how his brother was jealous because God accepted Abel's sacrifice. And it wasn't because Abel had a, had a better looking sacrifice. It was the condition of the heart that said God loved that. So God, again, looks at your heart. They're not the size of your gift, size of your heart. Remember that stuff. And anyway, so, so Abel lives in this environment of sin and unrighteousness. And as, as we see in this verse 1, John, yet this does not make him stop being faithful to God. He had faith in God. Not a great circumstance that he finds himself in. But yet he remains faithful to God. So much so that God accepts his sacrifice. Now listen to what the Bible says about the effect of his faithfulness. And it's there in that verse in, um, in Hebrews. It says, he was commended as being righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. Now listen to this. And through his faith, and I want to add being faithful, though he died, he still speaks. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. What an incredible thing to have said about you. That even though your voice is physically become quiet and heard. Why? Because here we have a man whose brother seemingly was not a great brother. I mean, how many of you know that it's not a great brother when you kill your brother? That's not a great environment to be in. Yet Abel did not stop being faithful to God in the midst of a very hostile situation. So he ends again, our faith in God and our exposure to who he is and understanding how faithful he is to us should transpire in a faithfulness to God no matter what you and I are facing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will let your voice be heard long after your physical voice has come. I want to be an able. I want to be an able that is faithful to you no matter what I face around me. And that, Lord God, may... May it be a legacy that we leave for the benefit of others when people say, remember that guy years ago? Remember 2023? That time. <laughs> I remember. Those were the days, eh? But remember that guy. Remember that lady. Remember how they lived. Remember how faithful they were to God. Remember how much opposition they faced. Remember how many difficulties they had. Remember how, far, how, how, how much they, they, their peers and their family and their friends were against their belief. Remember how faithful they were. May I remember. Their voice is still being heard. Their voice is still being heard through the faithfulness that they had when their voice was physical, was physically heard. So questions, am I building a legacy of being faithful to God at the moment whilst being with the people he has placed me amongst? Abel did that. We only know about Cain. Adam and Eve, they might have been, must have been around. But this we know, that in the midst of a seemingly hostile environment, he built a legacy that said, even though his voice became quiet, it still was heard 
and still is heard today. We're still speaking about Abel. Here we are, thousands and thousands of years later. What would others say about our faithfulness, my faithfulness to God, particularly when I am with them? Can people see that you are faithful to God? You're loyal to many things. We, we wear the colors, hey? Yeah, we're loyal, and, and it's fine, and it's not wrong. But our greatest loyalty should not be found in what we wear, but in who we are. And that's where our faithfulness to God should be seen. The next person that we talk about this morning is a man called Enoch. And again, very little in the Bible found of him. But profoundly important. Profoundly important. We see in verses 5 to 6. Again, in this, this, this heroes of the faith hall that we're considering their lives, we see that it says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And there's not too many people in the Bible that physically did not die. They were just taken up. Here we have one. And as it says he, was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. God just took him. Hey, I think it's time for Enoch to come to me. I'll just take him. It says, now before he was taken as having pleased God. And then that well-known portion that we often talk about, without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So we can only deduct that Enoch was a man who drew near, near to God. He wanted to be close to God. The Bible says that he walked with God. As much as Abel was, was faithful with the worship of God, Enoch seemed to have been faithful with the walking with God. The one was faithful in worship of God. Here we have Enoch coming and saying, I'm going to be faithful in walking. Is that it's that very thing that pleased God. <laughs> he just simply walked. What did he do for God? I don't know. He just walked. He just had this incredible desire to draw near to God. And, and, and again, such a basic thing. Such a basic thing. God says, I commend a man's faithfulness and how he just walked with me. You know what? I, I loved it so much. I'm just going to take him. <laughs> just come on. Come on, Enoch. Let's, let's just carry on walking up here. Let's just make it happen. There's a story of a little girl that, that gave a, mo a most wonderful explanation of, of this story. Um, it says that she went from sun home from Sunday school and, and she says, Mom, you don't know. Um, one day God and Enoch went, went for a long, an extra long walk. <laughs> and, and, and they walked on and on. And then until God said to Enoch, this is what she deducted from the story. She said, God said to Enoch, according to, you know what, Enoch, you're a long way from home. You just better come up and, and stay with me. I think that's best that we do that. <laughs> and that's the, the little girl's understanding of the story. But maybe it was like that, like, hey, Enoch, buddy, it's a long way back. You just come up and stay with me. <laughs> but the point is, 
there was joy in that walk. And you know what? It doesn't so much say about, it talks about the joy that it brought God. <laughs> and isn't it amazing that often we, we, we gauge and we measure our walk with God by how much joy we get? Come on. <laughs> it's like, hey, how was worship this morning? I don't know. It was like 50-50. Hey, you know, I love some of the songs and, and, and others not so much. And, and how was the word? I don't know. You completely missed it. <laughs> I don't know. How they released this guy to preach? And so how was, how was the word? How was the reading of the word? I don't know. It's just sometimes it hits home. Other times it's like, I don't know. I don't know, get much about it. And how's your work with God? He, there are times when God does something to me and it really, really impacts me deeply. I love it. Just This morning I just spent time with Jesus and I felt that he was there. It's like, Holy Spirit, I know you're around. It's like, man, that's good. Isn't it true? That's how we, that's how we measure our walk with God. But how much it brings joy to us and satisfaction to us. Here we have Enoch being faithful in pleasing God. And, and, and really asking the question, should God, what is, how much pleasure is my walking with you giving you? Not me. Actually, it's a tough question because it's going to mean I'm, I'm going to change my priority. It is not about you. Say that to your neighbor. It's not about you. <laughs> it's about God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not how much I can get from. And this is this, the self-centered life that we're living in. It is about us. What can I get? Oh, it wasn't good to me, so I don't like it. God is not, you know, faithful to me. So how does he want me to be faithful to him? It's actually not about you. So the question that we could and should ask is, how much pleasure is God getting from you and I at the moment? Oh, oh, let's bring it back into just this context this morning. We came to worship the Lord. How much pleasure did God get from your worship this morning? <laughs> from your worship this morning. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just trying to bring us back to biblical basis and foundation of our focus in life. Our faithfulness is not found in how much we can get. And if I, have I positioned myself so that God can bless me? No, my faithfulness is found in how I position myself to let God receive pleasure. Or how much joy does our time with God bring Him? How much joy does your time which I hope you make time for, how much joy does that bring him? It's just, it's a question. Making special time with God and walking with God. Ask these questions, ladies and gentlemen. The last person, number three, good on you. There's a guy called Noah. We know much about Noah. But, um, I want to just take out some things here to help us understand again what it means to be faithful. It says in verse 7 of Hebrews 11 still, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, say with me unseen. Just think about that word unseen, alright? If we look at Noah. Unseen things. Unseen things. And probably things that when he was 
spoken to about those unseen things that, hey, there's going to become a, a, a storm. There's going to be rain and you need to make a boat. Like, unseen things. It says, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. I love that. It's not about him only. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And so God had a plan. And by the way, Genesis 6 verse 9 also talks about the fact that, that Noah walked with God. Noah had this relationship with God. His walk with God resulted in him not being taken from the wickedness of the world at his time, as with Enoch. So Enoch walked with God and God decided, God, God says, no, I'm going to keep this guy. How many of you would like to have this, the Enoch story part of your life? Eh? It's like, oh God, just, just take us. If, if you can just take myself, my wife, my children, then we just all go together. It's like, bless you guys down there. We'll see you again. Hey? But in the meantime, we're gone. How many of you know that most of the time we don't have an Enoch story happening? <laughs> we have a Noah one happening. Amen? Both of them walked with God. Different, different outworking of their work with God. So I want to focus on just the reality that, that Noah was left by God to do something to change the world. Because God chose him in this great founder of a new race. He really did become that. He was faithful in walking with God, and God made him the founder of a new race. Because he did not see certain things, but he understood some things. You and I can't see too far in the future. Don't try to see too much. Rather try to believe more. That's where your faithfulness will come from. Sometimes we're like, if only I, I knew, if only I knew, that last night the box will win by one point, then obviously I would have been so much more relaxed. Seriously, I wouldn't have worried about anything. It's like God told me, one point, I'm all right, I'm okay. But we don't know these things. Amen? We don't know what the day of tomorrow will look like. And so we, we, we want to see it, we want to know it, so that we can be faithful according to what we know. But we don't connect our faithfulness to what we know about the future. We have to connect our faithfulness to know who controls the future. And that is God himself. And so I've got to pursue that. And, and it seems like Noah did that. And God had made him this incredible man that, that, that led people into something new. So his faithfulness resulted in a different process for him. He was to be part of a completely new work God intended to do. And I want to, I want to challenge us in the light of that. There's always something that God wants to do in us and through us. But he's asking of your faithfulness to be part of that work. We don't know what tomorrow will look like. We don't, we don't have an understanding of the unseen. But walking with God can bring us into the unseen by staying faithful to God. And saying, God, I don't know. How am I going to lead my family into something? I have no idea how it's going to look like. Where is Zimbabwe going to God? I don't have a clue about next day or next week or next year. But today I will be faithful to you. I will walk with you. And God, whatever you tell me to do, if I need to build an ark, I'll build an ark. God, if I need to do whatever I do at home or for people, I'll do that. Because you said, I want you to be faithful with this. So don't, don't wait for this big thing over there. 
Be faithful with what you have. And Jesus taught us that principle. So what is your current faithfulness like? Can God trust you with something that could lead to a new work to benefit others like he did with Noah? Our faithfulness to God can result in God starting a new work in our family, amongst our own friends, at our workplace. Because you're faithful and you say, God, you've positioned me here. I want to be faithful with where you've positioned me. Even at home. I want to be faithful with that. In this community, I want to be faithful with that. I want to be like a Noah, Lord God, that I was walking with God and God said, do this, do that. And it could lead to somebody completely being delivered from, I mean, here we see destruction that came. And if he wasn't faithful, imagine his whole household would have been lost. The key is be prepared to, to like no, not allow the world around you to affect your faithfulness to God. The only way we can have such faithfulness is by the Holy Spirit's influence. He makes us faithful. This then results in us being faithful as people, as husbands and as wives, as neighbors, as friends, as fathers, as mothers, as sons and daughters, as people. Allowing God's Spirit to do this work in us. Faithful in our contracts. Faithful in our word. Faithful in our promises that we make. Imagine what a great honor it is to one day with this verse in mind, that slide, to live with what Jesus says, Matthew 25, when he was handing out the talents. Imagine we could finish with this. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful of a little. I'll give you much. Each one of us have a responsibility this morning to be faithful. But it's dependent upon your understanding of how faithful God is to you. I have had the privilege of being amongst many, many faithful people. And I have just so many stories I can tell you. I'm privileged to be amongst you, faithful people. I'm privileged to be able to see your lives, to observe how you serve God and how you love Jesus. I'm absolutely honored. And it helps me to be stirred to do the same. That's why it's so incredibly important that we position ourselves amongst people that are faithful to God. So that your faithfulness to God can also be impacted by that. If you, can, if you expose yourself constantly to people that are unfaithful, it's going to be difficult for you to remain faithful. Let people see your faithfulness so that they in turn can become faithful. Lastly, no person, listen to this, no person who claims to be under the influence of the Spirit of God should be unfaithful. None of us. If we claim to be the Spirit of God is living within me, accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, none of us should be unfaithful. Because He's working in us, enables me to be faithful. If we are not, then we have to question our walk with God, as we saw from Enoch and from Noah. Because why is it not producing that fruit of faithfulness? There must be something wrong then. But if you're under the influence of God's Spirit, if He lives in you, then you should be incredibly faithful. You're called to be faithful, not firstly successful. Last week when you went home, we gave you 
rubbish bin bags to go and just clean wherever you can. And I trust that it has been an inspiration for you to be kind and good to your community. This morning, I, I want to do something different. You know, we, we have these devices, and they're very helpful, and sometimes harmful, but we have them available to be helpful. And on them, they have this function called a reminder. And often these reminders are there for us to not forget about simple tasks that we need to fulfill, isn't it? I pick up so-and-so, buy that, and oh, thank God I set the reminder. Because I otherwise would have forgotten. I think one of the things that we are often prone to do as believers is that we forget in our faithfulness. We're forgetful regarding faithfulness. Because we just get so busy. And the promises are made, I completely, I've had that. I've had that. God, I completely forgot. I, I promised so-and-so that. And so you apologize and you rectify the situation. But this morning, I've, I, I felt that God wants to remind people of things that you have been called to be faithful in. That you have perhaps forgotten about. And you just become so busy and perhaps also so distracted by people's unfaithfulness to you that it has caused your own faithfulness to them to be flawed and to be inconsistent. And I want to just allow us for a time where the Spirit of God, I, I'm going to set a timer here, let it count down. And then I want this, this time or this thing to go off to in the Spirit remind you of the areas that God has called you to be faithful in. We have all a general faithfulness to God, but then there's also specific areas that God has called you and I to be faithful in that maybe you have forgotten about. Maybe you just become too busy. And this morning I pray that as this thing goes off, that God's Spirit will remind you to be faithful. And so Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you will help us, Lord, to what it is that you are calling us, you're calling us all in general to be faithful to you. I pray, Father, that you will help us as your people to truly be faithful in that way. But Lord, this morning also, I pray that if there are areas in people's lives where, where they know you have in the past called them to a certain level of faithfulness, a certain commitment, but that commitment has dwindled, it has become corrupted by stuff, and we have allowed busyness and distractions to keep us from being faithful in particular areas. I pray, Holy Spirit, and as this timer ends and that noise goes out, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, this morning that it will remind people of what you have called it. Father, I trust you for just a supernatural reminder this morning as people hear this noise. It's kind of like a uh, an annoying sound. I pray that they will be reminded of what it is you're calling them to. Holy Spirit, why don't you just speak this morning, I pray. I pray that people will hear your voice through this 
the sound. That is a reminder, Lord God, this morning in the spirit. Act on to recommit, to make themselves available again. Even if it's a little thing, Father, that they will be faithful in a little and that you will eventually add more. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you this morning just for that, Lord God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that this word will ring in our hearts, that it's not something that we develop, it's out of our relationship with you, that faithfulness will come. And I pray for a new level of faithfulness in, in men and in women and young people, children. Pray for a new level of faithfulness in marriage, husbands, wives, children towards parents, parents towards children. A new level of faithfulness, Lord God, as friends amongst each other, as, as employees, as colleagues. Lord God, I pray for just an incredible faithfulness here in this church towards what you've called us to in the city. Pray, Lord, that, that King City Church will not just be a church that meets, but a church that scatters and goes and be faithful in the various places that we scattered to. Father, we trust for that. I pray these things in your precious name. Amen and amen.